You now tuned in to the hottest podcast in the world, the Stay Woke Podcast, right here on thesonicbreakdown.com. Welcome back to another Stay Woke Podcast. This is your boy, D-Ray Brinson, and you know the Stay Woke Podcast is presented by thesonicbreakdown.com. So today's episode is going to be a uh, kind of an impromptu episode, because uh, if you haven't heard, you're slipping. Kendrick Lamar dropped a new track last night called The Heart Part 4. This is uh, the first track that he's released in a while since uh, Un- Untitled Unmastered, which we reviewed on the thesonicbreakdown.com under the breakdown page. So check that out. The Heart series is, or the Heart Part series by Kendrick is something that I've I've heard from him for a while. Um, he did parts one through three a long time ago, and then he just released part four. That they kind of coincide together and it has a consistent feel of, you know, true emotions emitting out through the songs. Um, about I would say about two or three weeks ago, uh, I had a conversation with DJ William West. Uh, you've heard him on the podcast and one of his friends, and we were just talking about this series. And I told them um, that when I first heard the the Hearts One Through Three, it made sense the type of music that he was producing after it. And what I mean by that is like when I heard To Pimp a Butterfly, I was kind of surprised, but not surprised. What I mean by that conflicting statement is that I was surprised because I didn't expect him to come out with that type of sound that type of album but when you listen to the album it does make sense and when you think about it because he's made that type of music or he's kind of hinted toward that sound and that feel very jazz inspired um sound he put more funk into the to pimp a butterfly album but he had that that kind of sound that kind of feel that this this expression for a while so now i want to talk to talk to you guys about the the heart part series and then uh, i'll finish this podcast off with telling you about the heart part four so let's go through each part individually or the heart part one kendrick has a a a flow flowing over a a i'll say a, a classic late 90s um production um that a lot of us know especially the the hip hop heads umi says um that's Usually you can go to any hip hop head and you say Umi says and they automatically go, oh, that production, that track, most Def killed it. And Kendrick is flowing over this track on this freestyle and he's basically um, letting us know what makes up his heart or that's the interpretation that I took of it. He, he lists a lot of things that I think are components of what makes up his heart or what makes up him and the image and the that he's trying to, not necessarily that he's trying to portray, but the what's in him. And that he's trying to emit to the world so they can see what's in his heart. Some of those things are God, love, Tupac, Big Pun, Easy e all the way to uh, Bill Cosby of how Bill Cosby influenced just a lot of us, uh, especially a lot of the black youth and especially in my generation and, and younger and older, just because of he was that influential, as well as Compton. And Compton kind of pulls it all together and kind of is the housing for all of these different conflicting emotions and ideas. And he's basically to me saying that, you know, we we're he's he's intimating that that he's more complex then then a lot of people tend to give people credit for it. they kind of people tend to box people into one section of oh he's a conscious rapper or he's a gangster rapper where he's kind of saying that you know i'm all of those things in one and at different points and different times those are going to come out so that's why you know the easy e that gangster then you talk he's he has bill cosby which is totally different than easy e in, in some respects and then you have god in love which can be juxtaposed against some of the things that he might be saying or or rapping about to show that, yeah, we are more complex. He also gives a shout out to a lot of his contemporaries, letting them know that they affect him emotionally in producing the type of music that we're hearing. 
as the track continues, you can tell that he's getting more emotional, more emotional, or that's the that's that's what his voice is portraying. You hear it with the the crackling in his voice and the cadence is getting uh, steadily getting faster. On the heart part too, that is I, I first heard that on Overly Dedicated. There's a mixtape out there. You should check it out. It's a very good mixtape. Personally, I think Section 80 is his best mixtape. That was before his studio releases, which was Good Kid, Mad City, and Two Pimple Butterfly, and Untitled Unmastered. As I stated prior, we have reviews on Untitled Unmastered as well as Tip and Butterfly on the SoundBreakdown.com under the Breakdown tab. The production on this, on the Heart Part Two, is a, is a softer is is softer than Part One in, in essence. And to me, if we want to continue with the the heart analogy, this track is more of the the actual heartbeat itself. There's a, a layer in the production where there's women or a a, a female. Uh, voice being harmonized over softer drums and cymbals or snares. I'm not quite sure if it's a cymbal or snares, but it has that that kind of sound that completes it all. The first voice that you hear on that track is actually a New York artist called Dash No, who is uh, deceased. Um, he he overdosed, but he was a very influential artist at that time. And he's asked the question, "What keeps you alive?" Basically, he says, "You know, marbles, water." And then he has to think about it, and then he really realizes that music which he says, he quotes, is music by far is the main thing. And then Kendrick goes in. So it's, it's, it's letting us know that, you know, music is what drives him. And that is, that's why I say is this song kind of represents that beat because that heartbeat is what keeps, keeps the, the, the moment, the movement um, going. So Kendrick tells us that at the end of the day, all he cares about is his music and he's impacting the influences he has through it. He also understands that the music can affect people's lives, it has this, this, impact on their lives so he wants to make sure that every line every word every note every sound of the music that he's actually uh, releasing and allowing outsiders to hear that it has the thought and the right tone that he wants to set it doesn't necessarily have to be let's say you know very conscious or whatever but in the fact that he wants to make sure that that message that whatever message he's trying to portray is portrayed accurately and he's putting in that time and that thoughtfulness into his music and i think that's important because i think that's something that is missing nowadays um in, in music and i wouldn't say it's missing more than any other time um i just think we have some sort of a revisionist history where we think you know the 90s was better but if you think about it every generation every group there's always the ones that really are dedicated to the craft and are focusing on and are paying attention to every note every line like Kendrick is saying here and then you have others that are kind of just riding the wave or in that vibe and that kind of brings me to something that I saw on ESPN earlier about I think it player from the uh, Miami Dolphins that just recently retired after having several concussions and he was saying that everybody in the NFL doesn't love it like we we think they do and so this kind of relates to this is because the same thing I think artists there's artists out there that don't love the art itself and they're more in love with what it can provide you can definitely tell the difference if you listen hard enough that the ones that really love it are putting in more work they're taking their time and they're constructing better pieces of art where the other ones that aren't and they're seeing it as more of a job of more of um want to want to benefit off the products of being a rapper is they're kind of writing on just the vibe i'm not saying there's anything wrong with either but i just tend to gravitate to the ones that are putting in the work and actually are in love with it versus just trying to get a paycheck and so this is something that i kind of feel like is said through this individual track um one of the other things that i do want to bring up about this particular about the heart part too Kendrick also is using this as a platform to express these true emotions, and that's very well heard throughout the hard part two. Moving on to the hard part three, this is a, actually one of my favorite 
of the three uh just because it just it gets me motivated it's it's very uplifting motivating to me to keep again to keep with the heart analogy this this track is more of like the actual contraction of the heart it's because what i mean by that is that it's very forceful it's forceful with a purpose the beginning of the track there's the a wind or like a whooshing sound to me that's that's kind of like the blood filling the chamber getting ready to be contracted to be pushed through the rest of the body the production has a soulful flute that that really floats over the production and and really it's it's a nice sound but it's piercing in the fact that you it definitely draws your attention to it and then you have the drums that ground it as well as um, snappings that kind of mix it all together to give it a more poetry is um, type vibe and then Cam- kendrick comes through on it with a gravelly hint in his voice um, so that kind of gives you a nice juxtaposition and dynamics to give you, uh, you know, uh, a more interesting listen. What he's what he actually is talking about in this track is he's speaking to the pressures of living up to legends like Pac and and maintaining the balance of confidence and humility, wanting to be the light in the darkness to others and using the, the via the vehicle of music to do that by he mentions the album is dark and hell is hot and how it helps him in the beginning of rap because like i say all the time about the things that i gravitate to music is the storytelling and dmx to me is one of those underrated storytellers and his dark and hell is hot uh is very evident of that storytelling ability that he had and you can see that influence in kendrick because he tells a lot of stories and he's very efficient in how he's telling these stories and he keeps it interesting i mean good kid mad city is basically a a a movie all great movies are stories at the end of the day and to me he did a very good job on that as well as the pimp butterfly it's a story is broken down executed in a different manner again this shows that you know that was like an album that kind of helped in that regard and i'm sure there's many more but uh that resonated with me because i thought is dark and hell is hot was a, a one of the uh, an amazing album that i don't quite think it gets his it's, it's just kendrick also pays homage to j-rock for paving the way for him and helping him navigate the industry and avoiding some of the pitfalls if you don't know j-rock was originally the first one to be signed he had a lot of trials and tribulations uh, as he was going through after being signed and kendrick absol and schoolboy q were there the whole time and so they kind of saw those pitfalls that he faced and were helping him navigate through it which allowed kendrick to avoid those pitfall pitfalls when he got signed and I think allowed him to be King Kendrick that we see now because he didn't have to go through those pitfalls. I think it's just nice that he paid that homage to J-Rock and appreciations for learning from his mistakes. And I'm not saying that J-Rock made the mistakes, but if you don't know, you're just you're just trying to navigate in a, in a darkness with no light. And that's kind of how they did it. But now they have some light. And so they're, they know what to do. He also talks about other uh, members of the Black Hippies, such as uh, Abso and Schoolboy Q. He talks about how they've been grinding for a long time, all of them. Like I said, J-Rock grinding being the first one signed, and it didn't really pop like they thought it would be. Abso almost losing the record store, or his mother's record store, which, you know, is important. You know, you got to make a living, and you you care about your family, as well as uh, Schoolboy Q being to the point where he was sleeping on people's couches. Um, showing showing that you know that everything wasn't roses and everything wasn't great you know he just didn't start rapping and making this money he had to grind and fight and there's points i'm sure that he was like is this really worth it am i going to make it because everything's uncertain and he just stuck with it and he showed that dedication and consistency that got him to the point where he is today and so that's why another reason why i say this track is very motivating to me is because most things in life it takes patience dedication and consistency to get what you want as well as sacrifice and sometimes you have to find and understand are the sacrifices you're making it worth it 
without knowing that anything will happen. Example in point is me doing this podcast, me doing the podcast and the website. When I started it, I had no idea that it would ever be anything. And I still don't know how have have any idea if it will ever be something major, make, you know, make me money, those things like you don't know. But I still do it because that's how much I care and love for it. It's not easy. It takes a lot of time out of your day. It takes a lot of time of doing things you would want to do. I'm going out with your friends. You got to edit the podcast. That is something that I could relate to. And like I said, it just keeps me motivated to saying that I'm going to continue doing my passion. And if you work hard enough, long enough, and you really do put in the time to improve on your craft, it will pay off. It might not pay off to the extent of, you know, being a Kendrick Lamar, but it will pay off because I believe all hard work it gets rewarded some way and somehow. Continuing on with this track, there is a point, to, especially towards the end of the track, where Kendrick's voice increases slightly, so slight and aggressively that you might not notice as well as in cadence, that you might not catch it until he's already at his, uh, what I'll say is the flash or the Marvel people out there, just means he's at that point where he's rapping really fast, um, that fast cadence. I thought that was important because like i said if it's if this is the contraction part of the heart there is a point where that blood is rushing to the rest of your body in in, in essence and that's where i felt that's what that part was signalizing as well as the amount of emotions that he's pouring out into the song that he's saying you know this is my heart i'm giving you it all i'm giving everything i have i'm giving you it all in this track in this song i also like the fact that how he incorporated J-Rock and Abso into this track. It's a smooth pass that he he passes it off to Abso, then Abso passes it back. If you haven't seen, there was a, a play on ESPN recently where it was just all passes, no dribbles. It kind of felt like that, where it was like a pass to you, pass back to me, and it was so effortless and so flawless, and the flow went so well together that it was just amazing. And then, so it goes Abso, Kendrick, or it goes Kendrick, Abso, Abso back to Kendrick. Kendrick handoff to J-Rock and then J-Rock has a couple of bars and then he gives a nice alley-oop to to Kendrick to finish it off for the dunk like I said this emotion of the heart is kind of wrapped up with this part three and that came out for a while I'm not quite sure on the dates I know it's been at least three or four years um, since the heart part three and so I never expected that we'd get a heart part four I thought you know the third one was the finish especially the way that he wraps up in the conclusion of it. And then as of last night, he he uh, he gave us another one. He gave us the heart part four. I really enjoy this track. I thought it was great. That's why I did an emergency podcast to, to get this out to you guys so that you can hear how I felt about it. And and then let me know how you feel about it. And let me know what you think about the previous parts, one part through two and three. In the heart part four, the production has a the production starts with a distorted police siren. Followed by a deep bass line with some great vocals that give a kind of a, a moody, a moody kind of laid back vibe. I also tend to gravitate to Kendrick's first line is is very poignant. It's a poignant reminder of the state that society is in, but it has a piercing truth in it as well. And that line is don't tell a lie on me. I won't tell the truth about you. And especially in the climate that we're living in today, where facts, truths and lies are all getting blurred together as well as to me this all this line also says not just that but it also says like the non-vindictive kind of spirit that i I hope that i have is i'm not going to necessarily you know tell you what i think is wrong with you or whatever like that but if you lie on me i'm going to have to bring that to light to clear my name in essence not wanting to do it but being in a position where 
if I have to, I will. I, ju I just thought that was a very interesting concept. In the first verse, Kendrick is letting us know about the expectations he has, the expectation that he he feels is on him and that he, I assume that he holds himself up to as well as in being the savior of hip hop, as well as the opportunities that his talent has given him, such as traveling the world, meeting all these different peoples, all these cultures, um, being afforded opportunities financially as well as others to garnish, you know, things that you you wouldn't be able to without the talent as well as the the notoriety that he's garnered he also informs us that he understands that money can be a distraction and this automatically took me to an interview that i recently saw with dave chappelle and in this interview dave chappelle is talking about a story that of how an african tribe finds water and the way that this tribe finds water is they dig a hole in the ground a small hole and they fill it with salt then baboons and they usually do this in an area where there's an abundance of baboons or there's, you know, an area where baboons tend to be seen or 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 I guess foraging or hunting, whatever. And so these baboons then see the salt because they love salt. They'll stick their hands into the hole to get the salt once they grab the salt because the salt then causes their hands to swell up and then they're stuck because they can't get their hand out because their hand is so swollen. Normal person, again, baboons aren't people, but a normal person in that situation would just let go of the salt to release their hand. You can call it greed, you can call it stupidity, you can call it ignorance, whatever you want to call it, the baboon doesn't let the salt go. And so that's how that the people from that tribe, then they capture the, the baboon and put it in a cage and feed it tons and tons of salt. Once they feed it enough salt or what they determine is enough salt, they let the baboon go. And just like anybody, if you eat, drink a lot of salt or eat a lot of salt, you will become very thirsty. So that baboon then immediately goes to find water and they're better at finding water than we are. And so the, the people of that tribe then track and follow that baboon and it leads them to water. What I think Dave Chappelle, what Dave Chappelle was basically was saying by this example and this story is that he was comparing this to how he felt leaving the Dave Chappelle show is that kind of the the money that was being thrown at him and given to him was kind of that trap and he had to realize he needed to let go of the money so he wouldn't be trapped and that he could live the life that he wanted to versus being trapped in trying to get this money and being controlled by the people that are giving it to him so i just thought that and i think that's the same feeling that kendrick is intimating is that i understand that i've reached this platform and i understand that i can reap the rewards of it but at the same time i need to be cognizant of it and understand how I don't allow it to then gain the control over me. That was another area of the track that I felt was, you know, very, it, it again resonated with me of, of not getting trapped into those pitfalls that, that people easily get trapped into. Jay-Z talked about it on, uh, about Hollywood, how the glitz and the glamour can get you trapped. So there's other, there's varying ways to get trapped in society and, and money is a major one. I would say about a quarter of the way through the, the, the track, there's a beach switch as well as a mood change. And it goes to a more classic golden age of hip hop sound. Kendrick becomes more aggressive and forceful. And he, he begins to talk about a, a rapper that he doesn't, he doesn't mention by name. I can't quite definitively say who it is or, or, or what it's about. And then after that, the beat switches again to even more stripped down production where it's mostly just like a really heavy bass line. And Kendrick at this point is saying, he's letting that rapper know that, again, we don't know the name of it. When it comes to this lyrical shit, you don't want to fuck with me in essence. And he says it in such a braggadocious manner. It can be taken as, as cocky and confident, but we all know in rap and in the music industry, 
That is, that's not uncommon. The great ones have to have that attitude. That can be related to sports as well. Michael Jordan had that attitude. Larry Bird had that attitude. Everybody loves Magic Johnson, but Magic Johnson had that killer instinct as well. And so he's basically saying that like, really, man, you don't want to take it there with me because I got this. And I'm not scared of anybody or anything because I know my my talent and the work that I put in to, to maintain and have this talent. He also talks about, and then he, he also addresses Donald Trump in in a group of people that in in the group that he's saying kind of taking shots at k dot then also talks about how him and top dog are are dealing or playing rock paper scissors in the courtroom kind of making light of a courtroom situation i believe that he's referring to um there was an incident that i read on twitter again i can't validate how truthful or how accurate the source was there was a toronto raptor that released a track that had a kendrick verse on it this toronto raptor is now suing Kendrick and TDE because TDE, our top dog, told him to take down the uh, Kendrick's verse. And Toronto Raptor is saying, well, I paid for the verse. Uh, I have a contract saying that I can release the verse and I already released it. So I'm not sure how that worked out, but uh, that's what I believe that he's referring to when he's talking about the, the court case. Again, I can't validate or deny that, but just based on what I've read, that's what it seems like it might be. But again, who knows if we'll ever get the details of that to be specific. But anyways, he brushes that off, like I said, with the rock, paper, scissors, him and top dog line. One of the lines towards the end of the track that really stuck with me when Kendrick says, so many verses, I never run out. The reason why it stuck with me is because, like I said, is there's rappers that we've seen that were hot for a very long time and then they kind of fall off. It can be from anything from family situations to just not putting in the work. They get complacence and they stop doing their lyrical exercises. They just kind of ride on the coattails of the music that they're already given. And this kind of gives an indication that he's not going to be doing that, as well as the fact that that adds to that idea that I just mentioned is he's saying these lines and he's it sounds like he's ripping paper out the book and saying, ah, no, no, that's not good. So he's always critiquing himself to make sure that he's giving you and he's pushing himself to give us the best product that we can have, you know, the best music. So I thought that was very interesting, as well as we'll see if he holds up to that claim of that he won't run out of verses and that he won't uh, get complacent in essence. And then the very, uh, I guess the very last line of that track, he references and indicates that we have until april 7th to get our shit together and uh, that's to other rappers and it gives indication that he's going to be coming out with an album on april 7th which would be pretty amazing since the fact that there was no promotion no indication that even kendrick was going to have an album this year kind of feels like the, that kind of beyonce where there was really no promotion and then you just put it out there and it's like and if anybody in the rap game is able to do this i would say it's kendrick at this point um, so we'll see if he does release an album album on April 7th. And then the added component that adds, makes it even more interesting is that on that same date, on the same day of April 7th, uh, Joey Badass is uh, releasing his track, All American Badass, I believe is with three Ks as in America, on that same day. So that might be, like I said, that might be how I felt about um, when J. Cole... Uh, Childish Gambino and Kid Cudi all dropped their albums either I think Kendrick and Kid Cudi were on the same day and Childish Gambino was a week before it which was just a great week to two weeks of of music hopefully that's what we'll get on uh next next Friday so uh we'll see if he runs out of verses we'll see how well that album is and we'll see how Joey's is 
Uh, so leave us comments. Let us know what you think about uh, the Heart series, Heart 1 through 3, as well as the new one that just dropped, Part 4. You can find the Heart series. I found them on SoundCloud. I know you can find them on YouTube. And the Heart Part 4 is basically everywhere. You can find it on SoundCloud, iTunes Music, Tidal. So thank you again for listening to another Stay Woke podcast. This is your boy D-Ray Brinson giving you in what I'll call is an emergency podcast because I felt like it needed to be done. Also check out the review that I wrote of the specifically of the heart part four on the sonicbreakdown.com under the breakdown page. Thanks again for listening. You know our motto, live, listen to some great music, and above all, love more. We're out.